One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hi there. This is Joan Van Ark, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that likes people who reinvent themselves. And we have a great example of that in our next guest, Mr. Rodimus Parad. Did I get it? Yes. I've been practicing, and I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll tell you the secret of how I learned your name in just a second. But after a very successful career as a child actor in the 70s and 80s, including most notably as Young Kane, a.k.a. Grasshopper, in the flashback sequences on Kung Fu, and as John Edwards, Mary Ingalls' love interest on Little House on the prairie, Rodimus drew on his love for design and his interest in electronics to launch a very successful home entertainment business, installing home theater systems in residential areas, first in Los Angeles, then in other cities as well, before later expanding to installing systems in restaurants and other businesses in various cities in the U.S. Rodimus has not only been doing this for almost 30 years, he has done this working mostly as a one-man band. We'll ask him about that. Uh, not only that, Rodimus has decided to return to acting after a 30-year absence. We'll ask him what spurred that decision. Plus, I understand Rodimus has a memoir coming out very soon. We'll ask him about that as well. Rodimus Para, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you so much. It's an honor to, to be here with you. Thanks for asking me. We have at least three people in common one of whom is Laurie Jacobson. Yes, the wonderful Laurie Jacobson. Yes, uh, Rodimus is among the 40 child stars from the baby boomer generation who contributes uh, favorite recipes in Laurie's latest book, TV Dinners. So we have Laurie Jacobson in common. We also have Darby Hinton in common. Oh man, Darby is one of my best friends and he's such a wonderful person. He's just a really very unique uh, well-rounded person. I mean, we both grew up in LA, so we have that going on, of course. Uh, but he has he has very humble spiritual leanings, which means that he's a spiritual guy, but he doesn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's just got a lot of integrity, kind-hearted, generous, and a, an amazing family man. He's also overcome a lot of a lot of things in his life too. Yes, um, he has. You know, so and he's still smiles and chooses to go with humor mm-hmm. and love uh, at all times. And that's just like an amazing, amazing quality to have. It was because of Darby that I learned how to pronounce your name correctly. Oh, I see. Well, I, have, I have yet another thing to thank him for. 
understand that one of the last times you were in Los Angeles and you saw Darby was 4th of July weekend, 2019. That's correct. And I stayed at his house, yes. Yes, that was the, uh, here, I mean, here, here in Los Angeles, we call that earthquake weekend. I had no idea. I, I had been gone for so long. I had not been in L.A. during 4th of July. And uh, I was... I was quite honestly almost frightened by it. It was, uh, it's, it's like I was too. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't believe what I what I saw and heard that afternoon and into the evening. It just went on for hours, and it's just like the entire city was just under explosions, and and for for like three or four hours, it was. I just I had no idea that it was like that there. It was the second one that spooked me. For those who don't remember, folks, uh, the greater L.A. area had a small earthquake, relatively, you know, relatively small earthquake on Thursday, the 4th of July in the late morning. And then the next night, uh, Friday night, you know, about 36 hours later, we had, we had another one that was about the same intensity, only it lasted close to a minute, which is a long time in earthquakeness. And uh, you know, actually, my answer, my my previous answer I just gave you excluded the actual. I thought you were using that as a metaphor. I completely forgot about the earthquake. I, I thought you meant that you call the Fourth of July in L.A. Earth happens with people detonating. Uh, explosive devices for no. three or four hours. No, I was, I was no, I was being literal, I, I, man. I, I forgot about I forgot the actual earthquake. Yes, I, I, I for some reason, I, I because in L.A., I, I just that's not it's not so unusual. So I tended to have to forgotten it. Well, no, no. Look, I I grew up I I grew up in San Francisco, so I've I've lived either in Northern California or Southern California all of my life, and so. The idea of earthquakes or aftershock, they don't usually get to me. But that second one on Friday night, maybe it's because it was so close to the one that happened on, you know, the 4th of July, the day before. That one, I mean, that one shook me, you know, because I, I, I don't ever remember two earthquakes that close to each other. Yeah, yeah. and it was a long roller. It was a real long roller. It, yeah. was, it, was, a right. real, it was a real long roller. The thing about earthquakes is once you understand what's really going on and you've been through a few – Yes. I was just like, okay, it's just ripples in the ground, mm-hmm. just ripples, ripples, you know, it's all going to pass. It wasn't, it didn't have a violent aspect to it. It's just like this rolling thing. It's just a matter of waiting for it to end. Okay, is it over? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah. Uh, now it's over, you know, kind of, yeah. Yeah. As, anyway, as, go ahead. As, especially if you happen to be outside, which I believe, Dar- if I remember correctly, Darby said he was outside by the pool when one of them happened. I don't remember which one. And, and but and when you see the waves of the pool rolling and rippling, that that kind of illustrates you know the point you just made, Rodimus. Yes, it was. Yes, yeah, phenomenal to see a large pool uh, become like like a windy lake or something like that. Yes, yeah, yes, very odd. Yes, Rodimus uh, Para is uh, with us via Skype. We are talking about earthquakes among other things uh, because that's what, that's what we do when you when, when you get two people from Los Angeles talking to each other. Uh, Rodimus, uh, best known for playing a grasshopper on Kung Fu, and John Edwards on Little House on the Prairie. Earlier this year, Universal announced plans to develop Kung Fu as a feature motion picture. Uh, with director David Leitch attached. Uh, we mentioned in our open, you've decided to return to acting. Are you involved in the Kung Fu movie in any capacity, either in front of the camera or behind the scenes? Well, no, not at this moment. Uh, they're actually also doing a, a, the CW, which is a CBS Warner Brothers 
co-venture. Uh, they are also doing a TV series. Oh. So there's both a there's both a motion picture and a TV series that are they're being uh, that are in. Well, I think the, the series is now in production. They're shooting the pilot right now, I think, or about to as soon as soon as they get you know clearances to, to do that. Yeah. So that's underway. Uh, the feature film is still in development. Um, and I'm not sure. I, well, I've read the script for the pilot for the TV series. I have not read the script nor know much about the storyline of the feature film. Um, I don't even know if it's actually going forward, even uh, as as strongly as the series. The series is definitely happening. The movie. Well, let's just say that a few years back, Baz Luhrmann was supposed to direct a Kung Fu reboot feature film, and that fell through. There have been about three or four. This is probably the either third or fourth um, iteration of we're making a movie uh, of Kung Fu. So um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's going to be set in contemporary times or if it's going to be an extension of the original storyline or what they're doing with that. But the TV series I do know quite a bit about because I did read the pilot. um, And that's a contemporary piece uh, with a uh, female, a young um, Chinese-American woman who um, lives in San Francisco, and she goes to visit uh, China with her family at one point on a, just a, a you know a trip to, to find you know look at their our roots and stuff like that and she decides to stay back the family comes back to San Francisco she stays finds a, a Shaolin uh, monk a teacher actually a woman a woman priest teacher and stays with her for three years and comes back to San Francisco to be with her family and I tried to find some DNA from the original show in it and I could not find any. Well, you've got the, well, you've got the title, but uh, but you, you make an interesting point. I mean, a lot of uh, w- one of our pet peeves on the program is I, I understand why studios will revisit a property with an iconic name because it's 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 a property they have to develop, and so you exploit your your properties. But it seems to me if you're going to take everything from the property, throw it out, and just try to market the name. You're better off just calling it something else. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. Well, that's could have taken the words out of my out of my mouth. That's yeah. how I look at it too. Yeah. Well, the, there's a couple of things wrong with the premise to begin with. First of all, you can't go to a Shaolin temple uh, for three years and come back as a, as a master of any kind. Uh, number one. Number two, David Carradine said it best, I think, when he described the original series as an anti-revenge TV show. Yeah. And uh, and uh, because Kane was always trying to do the least amount of harm, yeah, trying to resolve situations first with his mind and his heart versus with his fists, and only used his feet and hands as a last resort. Uh, this other this new show uh, doesn't seem to consider those ideas or principles closely, and it is all about revenge. There's a uh, I don't want to give away too much so that people can enjoy some of it, but uh, basically, you know, there there is something that happens that the character is seeking revenge for, and uh, and so um, to me, that's those are things that don't jive with the original. It, it has to be a show about a person living by a set of strong principles and being humble about it. Otherwise, I don't think the old audience. <laughs> No pun intended, because we are old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are, we're, we're not going to connect to it, you know. We're not going to yeah. connect to it, and and that will be sad. They'll watch one episode or the pilot and go, eh, not for me, or gee, that's really a shame that it didn't resonate with the original show. Now they could have, 
there's a there's it's not hard you know this is not like really that hard to take some core values and bring them into the modern contemporary time frame if if you want um but it does take talent in writing and uh and and the directive to do that to 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 try to be faithful to the original that would be a mandate that would have to be followed in order for it to have that in it but uh Apparently, from what I've seen so far, I, it hasn't that hasn't been done. So again, I wish them luck. I don't want to cast aspersions on people's livelihoods in a production. I, I wish them well, but so far, I haven't seen any any relationship to the original. Rodimus Para played Grasshopper on the original Kung Fu. He also played John Edwards on Little House on the Prairie and appeared in. Many motion pictures, as well as made-for-TV movies, a very successful uh, career as a child actor throughout the 70s and 80s before reinventing himself as an entrepreneur, specializing in the, in, in, in the installation of home theaters and stereo systems in residential areas and businesses in various cities uh, throughout the U.S., uh, Rodimus is returning to acting. He also has a book coming out. We'll talk to him about that in just a second. In the meantime, you can follow Rodimus on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, before we f forget, the other person you and I have in common that I know of, and this goes back to Kung Fu, is Jerry Thorpe. Now, I oh. I spoke to Jerry... Um. I spoke to Jerry several times over about 20 years ago, over like a two or three month period. I was working on another project. It was a, it was about another Warner Brothers property, not Kung Fu. But Jerry Thorpe struck me as a very interesting creative person. I would have to agree with you. Yeah, he's the one who found the script, uh, the Kung Fu uh, feature film script on, on a shelf at Warner Brothers. Metaphorically speaking, and dusted it <laughs> off. This old, this old thing, you know, written by Ed Spielman years before. And um, anyways, he thought, "My goodness, this is a really interesting premise." And we're in a moment right now. We've just come out of the '60s because it was the early '70s, mm -hmm. and people are searching for meaning. Uh, we've just had our minds blown, right, by the whole thing that everything that happened in the '60s, mm -hmm. and and people were looking for a way to make make use of that, those insights and, and trying to, you know, forge a better world. Um, and so this character who has tremendous amount of integrity and, and wisdom training, uh, let's see how he makes those ideas practical. What does he do in the real world situations with this philosophy? And it was something that apparently was a very timely thing. Um, I actually think it's timeless because I believe that even now, uh, such a formula would be very, um, if it done half decently, would be a fascinating thing people would connect to because we are all on a journey. And everyone, whether they realize it fully or not, we are all on a path uh, learning things, you know, getting bumps on the head in life and uh, and picking ourselves up and going forward. Um, so that that story of an individual who is in the process of, doing the best he can in life, I think is resonates with everybody. So I think it would work today too. But at that time, it was particularly um, momentous and, um, and it worked. And uh, we were all, you know, greatly uh, surprised and, and also realized that we were doing something pretty special. Now, Bruce Lee's movies came out at the same time. Mm -hmm. In fact, 
you know, there's the story that Bruce Lee was supposed to have wanted to play Kwai Chan Kane originally, but then ABC got cold feet, uh, didn't think that a, an Asian American could uh, hold a show together on network television. And uh, they said no. And so that's why he went to China to make his movies. So when by the time the pilot was in, finished in production and about to air, his movies were suddenly hitting uh, the theaters uh, at the same time. And that was the one-two kick uh, that made uh, the Kung Fu phenomenon happen. He, um, I, I don't remember whether it was Jerry Thorpe who said this or, or whether I read this somewhere else, Rodimus, but – uh, Kung Fu, part of the appeal of Kung Fu uh, was that it was an Eastern as opposed to a Western. Even It had a lot of the trappings of a traditional Western. Uh, and there was, in it, because, in, uh, because it was episodic television, there was the inevitable moment where Kane would swing into action, so to speak. But as as you alluded earlier, um, he used the wisdom from Eastern philosophy to try to solve problems in traditional Western settings. Yeah, we actually called it an Eastern Western. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's you. You got that right. Rodimus Para is with us via Skype. Rodimus played young Kwai Chung Kane, aka Grasshopper, on the original Kung Fu. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll talk some more with Rodimus. Here on TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how... Go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com rockford45.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call 
call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093-800-715-6093-800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.